so much the neutral zone the star trek podcast by ladies where we talk about star trek very loudly and at great length my name is Crean. i'm joined by my co-host kim hello and ari hello and guys <laughs> guys we've reached an important point at star trek i think where we come across in my opinion a real stinker of an episode <laughs> That somehow contains a lot of the themes of Star Trek, but I'd say, like, the the bad themes of Star Trek. This was not fun. I'd argue that it was fun. It was entertaining in a can't-look-away-from-the-train-wreck kind of way. I had to take a shower immediately after watching this episode. <laughs> I felt unclean. Um, just so that everyone knows, the episode that we watched was episode... Seven. Seven. Thank you, Kim. Muds Women. Muds Women. And we all knew that this was coming. Yup. Because, of course, there's two of them. There's, yeah, there's another, there's another Harry Mudd episode. That Mm, one's a lot more enjoyable. That's, uh, Trouble with Trouble with Tribbles. I love Trouble with Tribbles. I hate this character, though. But it really, it it reminds me of, who is the the awful guy in, um, Star Trek Atlantis? Who is kind of, Stargate Atlantis? Lucius. 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 Oh, yeah, Lucius. Yes. Oh, which, yeah. Which is the same kind of idea. This boisterous, over-the-top, Falstaffian character who... But questionable ethics. Yeah, but the Lucius on Stargate, I think... This is a discussion for another time, but I think he was worse than Harry Mudd in a lot of ways. Harry Mudd sold women! Yes, yeah, but, but they, signed, they signed up for it. Lucius just got them all drunk and then slept with them. Yeah, Lucius their, is like a walking, talking, rape metaphor. Like, not even a metaphor. <laughs> Mudd is just, you know morally bankrupt in a slightly less than delightful Irish stereotype kind of way. But you're right in that they're the same type of character. Yeah. 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 Actually, now that I think about it, the women did sign up for it. Signed up for this trip. Yeah. And I mean, we can talk about that when we get into talking about them. But like, I mean, well, or we can talk about it right now. Like they did sign up for this. Like, especially, um, okay, I'm just going to say right off the top here. I do not know these women's names. I talk, I refer to them as their color. So, <laughs> I remember two of oh, I, I've got better. Three bangs, boob slit, and armadillo ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> I had just, I was calling them pink, green, and blue. So. I cannot remember the one with these. Evie, blue. Maggie, Grace. Maggie, okay. Oh, I there you go. Was it Grace? I thought it was Ruth. Oh yeah, the dark haired one. This is why I call them colors. Okay, that's what we're going with. Anyway, sure you're okay. Three bangs, boob slit, armadillo ponytail, pink. She was all about like I needed to get away from the life I was living with my brother, stuck on this hellhole backwater. She just life. wanted to have sex with someone who she wasn't related well, to. Well, it's like she she did a mail order bride to move to the new country. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. This was the plot of a romance novel. Yes, a yeah. bad romance, a western novel. romance novel. Yeah. Yeah. I have read this Jeanette Oak book. Now, do you know what this reminded me of? This reminded me of um, Fijiwa. 
Did you ever read that book? Sorry, what? What? It was, um, it, if you do French immersion, it's one of the common books. Oh, sorry. Fee, space. Fee du roi. Du yeah. spa, space. The one about uh, the French king basically, like, rounding up all the half-attractive female orphans and shipping them off to Quebec to marry, like, lumberjacks. Yeah. Yeah, that's what this reminded me and of. And it's very much, well, it, it, it is, because it's, and in the Western thing, too, where there were, as Kim said, the mail-order brides, or... Again, like, the, the picture wives that they sent over. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, it's the same kind of concept, except, why is it happening in space? Yeah, this is a very yeah. good question. Yeah. Oh, this was infuriating. Yeah. Infuriating. Anyways, we start, start date 13, 29.8. Look at us, little start 80. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for no particularly good reason, yeah. the Enterprise is chasing down this tiny, whiny ship. It's a space banana. It, it's chasing down their space banana. <laughs> Which is, for some reason, going at such speed that it is about to burn out its engines. Why would you build into a spaceship the capability to go so fast These that are all explode? Questions. I have so many questions about 23rd century <laughs> starship really? I don't even feel like you were really clear on why we were chasing them, well, other than just, like, there's a ship, let's get them! Later on, like, when they finally, like, get everybody off the ship, because that is what happens, they chase them into an asteroid belt, they have to extend their own shields around the tiny ship because... So that it doesn't explode. Putting so the dangers explode. of... And then lithium crystals start exploding. Yeah. So essentially, the Enterprise puts all of their crew and their entire ship at, at risk. risk to chase this tiny, tiny whiny banana ship, which I think... But why? I think that their infraction was... Because they don't answer hails. That they did not answer the phone call. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So essentially well, the enter... apparently an offense, because they have that conversation once they've got mud into Kirk's okay, office. So... It's like, these are the regulations you violated, and this is why we So the you. basics of this episode is this entire thing happens because Harry Mudd is too much of a dumbass to pick up the phone Basically. and answer some basic questions. Yes. Yeah. Where the Enterprise, Enterprise plays space traffic cops... For no good reason. Their mandate is to explore unknown space and discover new worlds. Why are you patrolling space? I know. It was this... This was dumb. This was terrible. But the most important thing about all of this is that Uhura's in gold. Yes. Yeah. And her sleeves were a bit too short. They were, like, riding halfway up her arms. I like the kind of three-quarter length. I didn't. Well, I don't think they were supposed to be three-quarter length because they only went up when she was leaning over and trying to reach for things. Short sleeves, like, two short sleeves is kind of a recurring wardrobe problem throughout uh-huh. most of these I think you Trek. could just say wardrobe problems. Yes. Yeah. If you, you guys have seen Fashion It's So, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the blog that basically was, I think they only go through uh, they do next, gen. next Gen, but yeah. they're constantly talking like, why are your sleeves so short? That's not a long because sleeve. Because the future. Length. Because the future. But anyway. Yeah, I don't see this is, and this is again the recurring can't decide what to do with the costume and what yeah. color yeah, people yeah. are in. Is having over it in gold, and I like her better in the red. It complements her skin tone much better in the red. Oh, the gold was kind of nice. It was okay, but it didn't pop. Like it didn't make it look fantastic like the red does. I think it was probably like, whoops, we forgot to get that one clean this week. Mm-hmm. So they engage in the worst high speed chase. Very ever. high speed, faster than light speed. Yeah, but it is so boring. Yeah. And then someone is like throwing blamanges at them. At the screen, which are supposed to be asteroids. <laughs> mm-hmm. And essentially, everyone sits around on the Enterprise going, hmm, this guy's gonna blow up. You sure He's is. He's gonna blow up. And before they blow up, they've chased them into an asteroid belt, and they beam the crew off. Yeah, but more importantly, the vein on that guy's face. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was a scary vein. That was a very scary vein. The guy vein. at the con? Yeah. Oh, yeah, The guy yeah, with yeah. the ears Brown. and the face? Brown. His last Brown. name was Brown. His face that. was very intense. 
Yeah. That vein was very well, intense. I was expecting, because he was, like, he was so prominent in the first few minutes, and he, they kept showing yeah. him, I was expecting him he to play be... into the episode somehow. Yeah, me too. But no, no, we just never hear from it's him just again. There. He did, in that he was one of the guys who fell heavily under the whammy. Yeah. And we actually got him commenting on it. Yeah, and at the very end, he kind there of got his act together, and was able to execute an hour, an order without Kirk repeating himself. Okay. Which was an important theme. Kirk doesn't need to tell you twice. (laughs) And I also enjoyed that in the design on the Enterprise, there is a red, giant red button on the con that tells you when your engines are about to overheat and explode. Yes. I mean, that's a hell of a check engine light. (laughs) My notes just say, what an ominous blinking light. (laughs) But it's not very like, it was like, beep, beep. You should probably pull over and check your space oil. It wasn't, like, speeding up as they exploded more no. crystals or anything. Oh, also, can we talk about yeah. lithium crystals? Still on lithium, yeah. Still on lithium. Pretty soon, though. Uh, Pretty soon also, also the fact that you your power can go out on a spaceship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sad, sad little buzzing noise, and then the lights go out. Yeah, so I, they basically blow out almost all of their crystals. Who designs these ships? Yeah. And here's the an thing. Is it essentially there? It's, like, circuit... Lithium crystals are circuit breakers, as far as I understand it. Like, the power of the ship goes through them. They were talking about lithium crystals, but also lithium breakers, I think. Yeah, because they... lithium circuits. Yeah, the the bypass circuits, which they also blow out. So, I'm not entirely clear on what they were going for, but it sounds like there was crystals powering thing, and then the same crystals were also used to create various circuity things. The power of the ship goes through those crystals, and I'm that's why they burnt them out. I wrote well, this down because I'm yeah. very interested in the schematics yeah. of the end. They are at no point during this early stage of Star Trek seem to be really clear on how anything works. Like, not no. even not even fake science theoretically clear. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, I, I mean, when, when you talk about, like, all the stuff in the future, there's the dilithium crystals, which focus the power from the, an- the matter antimatter, like, matter and antimatter are combined to create like ex- explosive things. whatever and then that's focused by the dilithium crystals in order to convert it to like there's there's a, there, there there's, a like there's, there's a logic to it even Someone if it's has sat down fake and... science yeah and there isn't that here fake science is fine as long as it's consistent fake science but we are way before consistent at this point i mean yeah. we're seven episodes into a world which we're getting a frontier wife story in yep. already yeah. like that Speaking. is a that is a sixth season we have nothing left to do yeah Speaking of which, uh, oh, yes. so they beam the crew aboard, and the first person they beam aboard is, is a fucking pirate. A fancy yeah. Irish pirate. An actual pirate. <laughs> He's got um, an earring, because and a hat, and a twirly mustache, and a puffy shirt, a puffy don't forget, orange shirt. Don't forget the wide belt and the giant buckle. <laughs> because he didn't look enough like a leprechaun already. He was a fancy space pirate. A fancy Irish space pirate. And then he is extremely... No, 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 no. We need to pay attention to the fact that Bones is the only one who gives that appearance (laughs) the appropriate response. (laughs) Everyone else is like, oh yeah, space pirate, whatevs. His jaw drops. (laughs) Bones' face is a really interesting study throughout this entire scene. Uh, DeForest Kelly is really good to watch like even if he's the background character how he reacts to things is sometimes the most interesting thing in that scene (laughs) background faces go lord so uh he introduces himself as captain leo walsh okay interjection question Mm -hmm. do you think that johnny depp based his portrayal of jack sparrow somewhat yes on harry mond (laughs) yes He's got these stupid earrings, these stupid facial hair. 
I definitely think the sass and the not giving a fuck is at least partially taken from Harry Mudd. All right, now that we have that cleared up. <laughs> yeah. uh, but he, he doesn't introduce himself as Harry Mudd. He introduces himself as Leo Walsh. And he is completely blasé about the fact that his ship is about to explode. Except that there is merchandise aboard. Yeah. But he has to be reminded, uh, sir, we really should get the rest of your crew off. How many more are aboard? And he's like, ah, a few. And then they do being the rest of the crew aboard. Or at least they get a transporter lock. And then the ship explodes. So they basically, they're very close to the wire here. Yeah, there's no tension. Because space models. Yeah. Yeah. One in every hair color. Well, no. No, yeah. there's, 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 there's three. Yeah. There's two. Um, one in each size you could want. One of them is wearing a poncho, and that is all. <laughs> that poncho was amazing. Three Bangs is wearing a blue sparkly poncho. Yeah. Nothing else. Okay, <sighs> to be fair, the year that that episode came out, that wasn't that weird. Blue? Okay, of the three outfits, because we need to stop and talk okay, about Okay, yeah, let's have a discussion. Okay. Let's grab our Pink, blue, and green. Uh, okay, so... Pink, Pink is wearing, armadillo hair. She was wearing just like a hot, like a uh, like a sleeveless, high collared, standard floor length pink sparkly ball gown. Yes. Except that she was shaped really weirdly, and I feel like you could see her foundation garment underneath <gasps> because she had that thing where you she tucked the really in weird like the yeah, hip shelf. The hip shelf, yeah. It was just it wasn't fitted to her very well, but it was very very pink. So pink. Well, yes. <laughs> Because she's feminine. Yes. Mm. And her she, name is Eve because... And she because had the side, the side swept hair with like a... Armadillo like a, hair. Like a yeah. side, um, side French thing. twist thingy. Armadillo hair. And then we had green. Which was Ruthie, which is boob slit. Yeah, and it was just over the shoulder, green sequin to the floor. She had a cutout over with her very chest. strategically and placed. A, a two-strand mm-hmm. pearl necklace holding the whole thing up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of indeed that. I feel like that must have been added the last second because it pulled very strangely when she like moved her arms. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we thought this would work, but no. And that whole thing was just like also green sequined, like aggressively green sequined. Mm-hmm. And then blue. Who was, wear- who was wearing... A mini poncho with fringe over her crotchular area. <laughs> and Roman sandals. And Roman sandals. And that was, I... This was my favorite of the three. What? <laughs> <laughs> I liked the silver, like, plaid piping that she had in it. It was the most non-ugly of Are the three. Are you joking? Pink was cute. Pink was frumpy. <gasps> Shut oh. up! I thought she looked amazing! The outfit was frumpy. It wasn't Just because she didn't have a boob slit and you couldn't see, like, <laughs> what's well, a polite way of saying this? Her crotula error. <laughs> yeah, well, I just liked I liked that one better. Well, I see who you'd fight for in a mining camp. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be so funny later, guys, I promise. <laughs> also, she is, like, ambiguously European yeah. accent. Yeah, yeah. what she said, because she didn't have any lines for, like, the first ten minutes no. she was hanging around. And, and then she, she like, opened her mouth. Whoa! I like that she had an accent, though. It was different. Come dance with me, Harry. <laughs> I feel like there's a story behind her casting. Oh, I'm sure there is. Yeah, Definitely so the space models beam on board. Oh, no. And then Kirk calls the transporters of, how many did we get off? And I, <laughs> <laughs> to which I reply, at least Scotty. <laughs> I'd say Bones, too. Yeah. Because the second the ladies materialize on the transporter pad, 
There are three men in the transporter room. There's Scotty, Spock, and Bones, and everyone but Spock immediately embarrasses himself. And also me. I was embarrassed for that. Two of which completely lose their professional demeanor. They're yeah. just, like, just panting and, like, oh. tongues hanging out. It was really gross. But those ladies did hold that delicious model pose on the transporter yeah. for a while. They were, like, voguing it just up. Just making and... sure everyone saw it before So we got, we got, because we got... Every single one of them got a nice soft light. Like, we see them in so wide. much soft light. We see them in wide, and they're all posing, and then they yeah. all got a soft light close up of their which face. they reuse throughout the entire episode. Yeah. yeah, and then we pull back again to them continuing to pose. So they've been standing there at this point for like two minutes, yeah, posing sexily for the crew. <laughs> the crew, which. Stands there. Yeah. Yeah. All uh, of them. I assume and all visibly aroused, which is why they don't move away from the panel when the well, ladies move the Except room. for Spock, who is sort of looking from Scotty to Bones and then crosses his arms like, oh, humans. Okay. I, I was with Spock on that one. Well, then three bangs, like, Rows. Yeah, there's some lip biting. Like, oh. and I'm, what? I wrote, what is this music? Because there's a lot of brass, like, completely it, inappropriate wah, wah, brass happening. It was not in. Any way, shape, or form sexy. Nice. Which Leah Walsh says, men are men, no matter where they are. Ugh. Men are animals. I don't even know how many times I wrote men are weak and men are gross throughout the notes for this episode. Which leads me into my next point that Harry, or what's his face, Leo Walsh, Mud, Mud, refers to them as his cargo. cargo. Yeah. Because- At which point everyone's like, slavery... Radar should have went, oh, ping! Yeah. Throw this guy in jail. Yeah. Well, to He's... be fair, that was their intention. Or at least Kirk's no, intention. No, they initially. were space marshalling yeah. for not having his driver's license. Among other things, yes. Because Kirk uh, calls down the transporter room and says, I-, I want them, if they can walk, I want them in my, my, uh, my ready room, my office, whatever. And then he stops and he's like, you know, I don't care if they can walk. Because he's real pissed about the traffic the... violation. The traffic violation. He blew up his own ship and well, then to the point damaged of, the Enterprise. Yeah. No, no, no. Kirk. Kirk, I love you probably more than anyone else at this room. Weird decision to endanger your entire ship to go after that asshole. Well, it feels like it was like a regulatory thing they were required to do. I can't imagine him voluntarily damaging the Enterprise. But his, he his did. Best girl. He no, totally but did. But he had a choice. His best girl. His best girl. <laughs> Well, I'm using that for the rest of my life. But Kirk is sexually competent at that trial. Mm-mm-mm. He loves being a space captain. Oh, man. He does. Then we get shots of him walking through the hall, and we get oh, his Jesus. nice ass shots of all of these ladies as they saunter past the drooling crewmen. And yeah. I'm just so grossed out. I think I actually wrote, I am ashamed of the entire male contingent of the Enterprise. Okay, they have seen women before. There are women on the ship. But I don't. Most of them not I wearing think, skirts long. Is that jeans. the drug? Yeah, I yeah, think I think drug. what we're supposed to get from this is that there's something over the top about this, yeah. and like this mm. isn't normal. But, you would hope not. Yeah, but I mean, what I would have also liked to see at any point throughout this episode was the men maybe having a conversation with the regular women of the there, Enterprise. There are yeah. no women who no, really talk no. in this there's, episode. Like, Aurora's hanging out on the bridge, and she has a few lines, but like. This is the kind of episode where you, you really like, should you should having, have the women yeah. as part of the plot. So true. And also, if Kirk is like, hmm, this is, seems to be strangely affecting my men, how about I send my straight ladies to go figure this out? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, there was so much wrong with this, this episode. I, I remember the very first time, well, not the very first time, but the, the last time I saw this episode after, you know, having a life of 
consuming science fiction tropes. It's like, this should have been the episode where the straight men on the ship were completely compromised because men are weak and the ladies save the day. Like in the episode of Stargate. The Hathor, which I have such mixed feelings about. It's but like, ridiculous. that's what this should have been. It should have, like, that's the other, there's no B-plot in this episode. And that should have been the B-plot. There's kind of the lithium crystals, I guess. But it happens but the because the ship is in much. peril. But it's only it's a straight you're right. Line. Yeah. It's no, there's not really any I more mean, B plots going on. That's also a recurring story thing that we're coming across in this season of Star Trek is that there's no B plot. It's all A plot all the time. Fifty minutes. It's exhausting of exotic mail order brides. <laughs> but to be fair, we're seven episodes in. That is yeah. true. And again, a different era of television. Also true. And they had like. Four characters that the people would recognize and be able to kind of work with, none of which, it, I mean, except for the episode where Sulu and Yeoman Brand right. have their own B plot. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've really seen that yet. No, no, we haven't. And I think kind of Star Trek evolves as they trusted the characters to be able to carry a secondary story. Yeah, a little bit. They also had different, like a couple of writers disappeared by the end of the first season. Mm. And we know there's at least one writer, we mentioned in the last episode about uh, that he did not like B plots and he only put them in yeah. when he was forced to. It's like, mm-hmm, good riddance. Don't let the door <laughs> hit you in the ass on the way out. Um, so the takeaway from this is that, uh, the Enterprise is extremely broken and they really need to replace those lithium crystals. Mm-hmm. So they are going to have to find some more of those. So they're going to head for a lithium mine. Is it Rigel 12? Rigel 12. Rigel 12, which will take them two days to get there with the power they have. But in the meantime, in the let's meantime, have a show trial. Yeah. Well, no, before this, there yeah. was, there was a bit that we talked, we didn't talk about where they're, in the quarters. Uh, no, they're in, nope, they're nope, in nope. the room and they're under guard and... This is the first place you see the girls calling him right. Harry, and oh. he he's very clear to tell them do not submit to a medical exam. Yeah, and the, the, I actually like this bit because it shows them like they have some agency here. It's like it's more like he's their agent. Yeah, but all they want is I need a husband, yeah. Harry. I need it, a husband. Questionable, questionable goals, of course, but it does seem very much like like they're his cargo, whatever. But it mm. seems very much like to some degree he is also working for them. I, at this point, I thought they were robots. Well, yeah, I couldn't. In the other, I couldn't remember the other Harry Mudd episode. That's no, a completely reasonable. we're not at that episode. Oh, yet. <laughs> the other one is robots. Well, so then they have. I suppose it's actually not a show trial. It is a legitimate trial mm-hmm. where Kirk is a sexy space lawyer, <laughs> and, <laughs> oh my God. and somehow the computer. Not like a ho- lie detector. It's not a lie detector. It well, just knows things. Well, okay. To be fair to the computer, this guy, <laughs> this guy has been arrested before. He has a criminal record, yeah. so probably his voice pattern and that kind of stuff. Well, is, they shine is, a light on him. Is in and like is in the computer, so it'd be like if he, you know, was like, "My name is John Don Johnson. Here are my fingerprints," and the analysis of the fingerprints is like, "Uh, no, you're not." That's, they, that's they, how I took it. They do that right. thing where they they actually shine a light on on Harry Mudd, and then they shine a light on the girls, and that's how they find that there's no records on them. But it takes it a minute because they ask him who he is, and then the computer sort of flashes a light at him and goes, "Yeah, no, you're not. This is who you are." And yes. uh, we find out his name is actually Harcourt Fenton Mudd. Strong name, yeah. Strong Wasted name. And then apparently he has had some kind of psychiatric help in the past. Yeah, I saw that. The like efficacy he... was doubtful. Yeah, he was he was he was convicted of crimes. Hang on, I wrote down oh. what he was convicted of. Um anyway, he was convicted of crimes. They suspended his sentence and gave him therapy 
but it didn't oh, work. So, I mean, I thought, I don't know, it was interesting. I think it's part of the world building of that future is that going to a life of crime <sighs> means that you have some kind of psychological problem. They yeah. do that later on. I remember, I think it was a Next Gen episode where Picard talks about the way that humans treat crime centuries and centuries later that they... I think he uses the phrase, we learn to recognize the seeds of criminal behavior. Which is all, in itself, all sorts of potential problematic. Well, we also but... get, we're going to get more stuff about, like, violent criminals. And yeah. then there's an episode that takes place in, a, like, a mental institution for the oh, criminal yeah, insane. that was really disturbing. But then this also puts us, like, the first time, when we go to Voyager, the very first time we ever meet Tom Paris, he's in prison. Yeah. Because... It seemed like a really nice prison. It did seem like a nice prison, but he was still, like... You were working for the Maquis. We caught you. Go to jail. Well, they also have penal colonies in this timeline. Now and later. So, like... But there's no death penalty in the Federation, is the thing. So they no. have to engage in different degrees of punishment. I feel like with with Tom Paris... I feel like they almost have two strains of crime. One that stem out of, like, antisocial... The seeds of yeah. crime yeah. that you somehow were born with the psychology of... Anti-disestablishment. Yeah, of, of being like, predisposed to do crime because you just have this this roiling inside of you. Or the Tom Paris side of things where you make shitty decisions. <laughs> Tom, but, Paris, Tom Paris also stems out of the sort of chunk of story in the Federation, like DS9 and later, where yeah. we have an acknowledgement that the Federation does have a fear of terrorism. And I think that that was why Paris was treated the way he was as opposed yeah. to... But I mean, and then, but in that vein, like, this is bad decision making, not antisocial yeah. behavior. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. But he's, this is lighthearted he's, crime. He's yeah. not, he's not sick. He's just a dick. Yeah. He but just they, really But they definitely crime. do have a different way of punishing nonviolent crime as opposed to violent crime. Because we only get a few of those in 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 original series. Like Kim said, the, the mental the mental institution one. That seems to be what you do with violent criminals. Don't we get a serial killer in original Trek that frames Scotty? Oh. I think we, we get something like that. But it also makes me think we also get a serial killer in Voyager. We do. With Lon yeah. Suter. Who, Ooh. you know, murders a bunch of people. And they basically have to confine him to quarters. I don't think he is. He's yeah. I don't I, it's been a while since I watched that episode. One of the only times I actually heard them talking about mental illness in Star Trek was Suter. I don't know. We'll have to go back and we'll have to wait till we get there, go look it up or something. Yeah. But, yeah. but like he was a he was a murderer on Voyager. And this isn't even like a criminal trial really, it's a hearing. So it's like it's like space law as opposed to what you would get if you violated maritime the laws. law. Maritime, maritime law. law. Yeah, basically. Because the <laughs> captain and the senior staff have the ability to sort of summarily sentence you. Because he was traveling without a flight plan, and he is a menace to navigation. That's what he was convicted for. His In first time. space. And yeah, he says that, too. And they gave him therapy for that. Like, how <laughs> he was like, tell me about why you didn't file a flight plan. How I did thought, that make you feel? I thought that was this time. That's, no, that's no, what that's what he had been convicted for previously. Uh, no, he had used counterfeit money to buy a ship. He had and also flown without a license, that a was space time. license. A uh, master's license. Is that a master's license? Isn't that maritime-y? Yeah. It sounds like a sailing license, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Anyhow, at which point the ladies explain that they, well, Eve explains that her life had been terrible and she'd had to take care of her two brothers and so she wanted a husband, so she signed up to this trip to 
get Well, it sounds one. like they were all coming from other frontier places. Like, where there was no one else? Apparently there were no men. They actually... They say there that. were no there men. Were no men. On this planet, there were her two brothers? Except, yeah, except presumably the two and brothers. the other one came... One of them, the other ones came... I think Green was on some sort of space station somewhere yeah. or something. Where Another. there were no men? I... For what, for what we've seen, there is only men. Well, Don't sure get mad didn't... at me for these plot holes. I'm sure they didn't mean literally no men. I just think it's not eligible men. So like, no, but not relatives kind of... yeah. or not already married or not 75 years old. Or... But they want to go to these other frontier Where planets. there are younger men. Where the, apparently there is only frontier pioneer men. Yeah. No pioneer ladies. Yeah. I don't know. This doesn't make any sense again. This whole thing, like... Because they were going off to some other mining colony, but now they're just going to drop them off at this current mining colony. Because there are men here. I don't even there know. are three of them, conveniently. Yeah, exactly. Three. Except there were four? Three. Well, three. One of just three. Okay, yeah. very good. Well, and this also, these mine... Uh, he actually mi- uses the phrase, wiving settlers. Oof. And then he explains that, yes, he, he goes and recruits wives for... for presumably male settlers because let's not acknowledge anything else because it's god's work yeah Mm -hmm. and he's devoted his life to whatever yeah i like the part where the computer scans the ladies and is like they're fine the dudes on the other (laughs) hand are all flushed (laughs) in more ways they're one the computer is judging them basically This is, I mean, this kind of ties into Gene Roddenberry, and let's acknowledge that the story credits for this episode are Gene Roddenberry's. Mm. His idea of the wagon train to the stars. That this was kind of a pioneer story tying into that whole, like, American exploration stuff. And so this story, I guess, makes sense within that context that you would do it. And I think maybe it was supposed to be funny, I don't, okay, so the further on we get in this episode... It was not funny. It was not funny. Although, I don't know, because there's... The closer we get to the end, there's another thing that sort of seems to be struggling to express itself. Like, the idea of of the reality of beauty. Like, that whole thing where... That last conversation at the end, which we will get to in more detail, where she's saying, basically, this is not what I look like. This is what, like... This is makeup. This is doing my hair. This is not what women look like. And I started thinking of, like internet dude bros complaining that makeup is deception. I actually <laughs> wrote down in here yeah. somewhere, they have been tricked by makeup. Yeah, basically. <laughs> That's what I kept thinking. I'm like, is this what they thought this episode was about when they were writing it? It's hard A to part say. of me thinks yes. I I think the, the character at the end who is all like upset because like, you don't look like what I thought you looked like. And That's what that's supposed to be about yeah. is like that women are not that part I was actually like her pinky speech all at the end and everything that was, was amazing. Actually, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, like yeah. that part was fantastic when she was going on about like, do you want like a vapid, selfish, selfish. vain, beautiful wife, or do you want like a, a partner? A yes. Yeah, that part was amazing. It's everything that was leading up to that that it was, was confused, gross, at best. and confusing. And yeah, it's like it couldn't like they wanted to tell this story, but they couldn't just commit to that because Eve is sort of vaguely following that all the way through because she's the only one that objects to taking the 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 beauty drugs and seems to have any kind of like moral qualms about basically whamming the entire male she only gets to having a problem about putting on the whammy once she sort of kind of starts to fall for kirk yeah because she likes kirk and mud tells her to seduce kirk so that kirk will do whatever they want yeah. Because Mud's like, oh, there's three miners here. I'm just going to marry the girls off to these guys. And that's when she starts to have a problem with the 
we see her having a problem with the with the yeah. drugs because she's one of the first ones to go like I need them again. I'm getting ugly. Yeah, <laughs> and I, by ugly we just mean sort of regular looking. She's super cute, actually. Like, oh god, I was so upset with the way they. I'm going to put this in quote. Ugly them up, oh, but yeah. like, pink just wasn't wearing any makeup. Mm-hmm. Green had she had like maybe one a scar. few extra wrinkles or something, and blue literally just had disheveled hair yeah. and was a bit sweaty. And she was tilting her head and, like yeah, this. That was it. I mm-hmm. was like, this is so mean to these poor women. Well, yeah. it it brings up the same theme that we saw in the menagerie, which is the worst thing that can happen to, to a woman, woman yeah. is that she is ugly. She's yeah. old and she's ugly. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's what comes just with not dead. letting women write television episodes. Yeah. Well, I, but again, if you tie in... The idea that in the 1960s, if you were pretty and you were feminine and you had wiles, that was your only source of agency and power, mm-hmm. then that makes sense. Because once you couldn't trick men into doing what you wanted them to do, when you were old and wrinkly and a battle axe, yeah. then you had no power in that or society. Or the very least, yeah. the idea that that's what men believe women were. Except that's completely exactly the same as now, so it's not a wholly a 1960s thing. It was, it was, I think it was more sort of mystified, like, well. But- it's it's funny because in the menagerie we essentially get it is better for her to be living in a delusional yeah. world and everyone agrees yeah that yeah. she's better off staying on this planet and uh, being taken care of in a zoo by aliens <laughs> yeah so she can be young and beautiful than to go and live a free life with her own people making her own decisions but older and kind of scarred or whatever and that. And that's the same thing that they've kind of got going on here. Is the only way you are going to escape your former life and get is to get married to a man. That's and the imagine. only way you are going to marry a man is if you were beautiful. You're yeah, person- not just smoking hot. And yeah. not just regular pretty. Just impossibly like, magically. Yeah. Like your personality means nothing. Your skills mean mm-hmm. nothing. Your ability to work. Your beliefs. Your None of that means anything other than your looks. Yeah. And I think that I think that that this episode was sort of trying to sort of challenge that, but had no idea how to go about it. I think that Eve's story, and especially her monologue at the end, yeah. really did work for me. I got that, and her change throughout the episode. The other two, yeah, the other two didn't really, and oh, I don't know. I, the other part that bothered me is that Green was not white, and. Blue had an accent, and they were the ones who were all evil and man-killy, but the white, non-accented American lady was the one who got to have a change. Well, sure. <sighs> but, like, why didn't Eve go off and become a starship captain? Why was this her only option? Why did she think this was her yeah, only option? Yeah, that was my other question when she was talking about being trapped on this planet with her brothers, and all she did is cook and clean. I'm like, well, why didn't you apply to Starfleet Academy? What was there? At, like, literally, no other waves or no other contact than a hairy mud swinging by, going, "Hey, want to be a mail order bride?" Well, I think that 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 starts to approach an institutional failure rather than a uh, single person's lack of choices, but. But yeah, once she got on that ship onto Starfleet, you could have just got a captain. Go, oh, can you fucking take me to Earth because of where I lived? Or anywhere else? Literally yeah. anywhere else. Yeah. Anyways, so at the end of this hearing, mm. Mud goes into this monologue about how he's going to take over the ship and steal all those guards and make some money in front of two security guards. Yeah. I was completely unclear on how his plan to sell these ladies to the rich lithium miners was going to result in him taking over the ship. Yeah, that was a little puzzling. 
It was a convoluted plan, but I think essentially he was just going to tell Kirk that I'm going to sell these women and I'm taking the dilithium crystals and if you don't get off your ship, then it'll just die, so you have to let me take the ship. It's not a good plan. No, it was really stupid. Also, it's never mentioned again, so... Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't really want to take over the ship. No, he doesn't try. He just I don't th- know if he literally means running the ship. Just he does. He thinks he's going to be the captain. The next time you, I'm in this seat, I'm going to be captain. He, he thinks he, like I, the, he'll be. He wants to. He thinks he'll be able to buy it. Like he'll have enough money that he'll be able oh, to yeah. pay everybody off to give. It made maybe it's just grand no standing. sense. Yeah, but he was going to sell off the women to the lithium miners. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they have tons of cash and he would get the cash for the women what cut the women are getting out of that cash we do not know oh no no cream they get husbands rich husbands are their husbands made out of cash are they cash husbands apparently on this planet (laughs) yes they are although it doesn't seem worth it to live on that planet i would say no but um yeah so that happens. Mud gets confined to his quarters. There's a little log entry where Kirk's like, so I'm concerned over how Mud's women are affecting my crew. The women, however, are not confined to quarters. No, they're allowed to saunter around wherever they want. It like again into, makes yeah. no sense. Like into sick bay. No sense. Nothing in this episode makes any sense. Where Ruth wanders in to distract Bones and makes his biobed medical scanner <laughs> Yeah, thing. makes his biobed scanner medical excited tinky noises. I assume that it's spelling out in Morse code. Danger! Danger! Dr. McGoy! But there is awful parts of that. Who, where the computer makes the beepy sound, and he's like, oh, I wonder he's what's very doing distracted that. by the beepy Can sound. you walk past my panel again? Yeah. yeah I, and she's like, would you like to examine me? He's like, oh, I wouldn't trust my judgment. You are a terrible doctor! Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, Kareem can't even speak. And then he says, oh my god. And I laughed real hard at this. Are you wearing some kind of radioactive perfume? <laughs> no, no, no. He says, are you wearing perfume? Or... Something. Radioactive material. <laughs> yeah. Either well, or, ladies. Either that or. Dress was unnaturally green. Space green, Kim. <laughs> Space green. But what radioactive she, but green? What she wanted to know here, though, was she was checking on the health of the miners. Yeah. Are they healthy? <laughs> yeah. Are they virile? And then we go to Kirk's quarters, where Pink is just laid herself on her on his bed, saying, "I hope you don't mind." And he's like, "Actually, I absolutely do mind." And also, because she says, "I had to duck in somewhere because your crew was staring at me." Okay, but why was the captain's quarters just open? That's true. But Shouldn't he have that locked? I would think so. But lots of people just wander into his room. Boozy doctor, Rand. <laughs> You know what? That is a fair point. Yeah. Evil Kirk. Although presumably, yeah. although presumably Rand and Boozy Doctor and other members, they probably have codes. Why could she just wander in and sort of drape herself over his bed? She was li- laid out yeah. like a Victorian bride on yeah. the first night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she talks to Kirk about loneliness, which contains all the themes that I love about being a captain, how yes, you're right. married to your ship and you... Mm-hmm. Oh, you're a paragon of virtue. Oh, I never met a paragon. Oh, oh I love it. Uh-huh. And at this point, because I still thought that they were robots, I wrote down. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk can't even get a robot to love him who is programmed to love. <laughs> 
Well, because in this case, she has a change of heart. She does. Mm -hmm. And she runs away from Kirk. I don't care what Harry says. I hate this whole thing. And she runs out of his his quarters and goes back to Harry. At which point she needs another hit. Yeah. Yeah. Because the other two ladies are in Ugly! They're hideous! Yeah. And, um... Yeah, because they're, like, strategizing, because this is where you find out that Ruth's purpose in visiting Bones was to find out about the miners, and they're sort of strategizing together, and then Evie comes in, and she's like, oh, I don't feel well. I think I need, I think it's near the time, which I thought, like, three different things from what it actually turned out being. Um, My note here is she has great nail polish, so sparkly silver. Oh no, they were they were like white, like she applied a shellac of white out on her creepy talons. The talons were not good, but I like the color, and I'm gonna have to go back and check. <laughs> you really will, because they are super super white. Anyways, so they get a hit of drugs, and then they're all sexy again. Mm. And how they take their drugs is by like shimming themselves up against a wall. Yes, this is apparently how it works. <laughs> well, yeah, um, but here is my note. They didn't bring any luggage with them when they came on board, so where did the drawers full of clothes that Harry Mudd was rummaging through to find the pills come from? I thought that those were the drawers of wherever they'd been stationed at, like they had extra clothes for them. Except they didn't change into any of them, and it, it honestly it looked like, like they were provided rife. for them. Like, where did the pills come from? Where did they... I assume the pills Harry Mudd had shoved oh, up his butt, but that. It... <laughs> It just like they were well, rifling through these drawers. Then he shoved them up his. Butt. No, but he says he hid them in case they searched him. Which I don't know. I would have done the second he came on board. So that's actually pretty plausible. Thank you. I don't know. It Maybe that's make what took them so long. To me, where did all the clothes come from? I think they were probably like, like, yeah, like guest clothes. Guest clothes on the Enterprise break. in the prison sure. quarters. Sure. Well, we all know that crime comes from an impulse. Anyways. Anyways. We um, go back to the bridge at this point. Which, oh, but, 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 yes, they're all up sexually against the wall. Yes. But Blue is, like, feeling herself up. <laughs> she is running her hands up and down her body. It was gross. The only thing that happened to her is that her hair got mussed. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, but it felt she was really good to turn back into having sleek hair, apparently. <laughs> she reminded me of, like, Robin, the 90s pop singer. <laughs> Yes, she it might did. have just been the accent and then the come dance with no, me. It was you're right, it was the accent and the really super short blonde yeah. hair. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Then on the bridge there is this amazing conversation I between just bridge crew acting like idiots. No, no, no. There's an amazing conversation between Bones and Kirk. Yeah. Who they it's... kind of to the side are like Are they beautiful? Are, are we just tired, or are they beautiful? Or are they just acting beautiful? Are they just acting beautiful? Sorry, I need to go away from the microphone, because I'm about to shout. <laughs> They're acting beautiful? What the hell does that even mean? I have no idea. <laughs> acting beautiful. Equally baffled. Yeah. Well, the thing that I liked was it was it Kirk who said, or no, Bones who said, are they actually more beautiful than all the women pound that we know? Pound for pound, measure <laughs> for measure. Pound for pound was like gross. Like slicing them up like a yeah. side of yeah. meat. But it's like he, he did realize, like, we're surrounded by women who are attractive all day long. Like, are these women actually that much more beautiful? Or Which, are they just acting? No. <laughs> With, it's like, he realized there was a whammy. Okay, yeah. but they all knew there was a whammy because yeah. everyone on the ship was acting weird. And he noted that when he, she went past yeah, yeah, yeah. his computer scanner that something weird happened. This is the point where he actually posits that maybe they're aliens. 
It's like, yeah, they ask. Yes. And then he says, no, an alien would be smart enough to keep my medical scanner from going bleep. <laughs> Great line. <laughs> Great line. Kind of an awful conversation. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, it is an awful conversation, but it's the first time I think that they're all acknowledging out loud that something is yeah. wrong. But surely, like, as soon as they showed up on the bridge and every man on the entire ship turned into a gross animal, they should have been like, oh, maybe we should confine these ladies to their quarters Not or their prison lanes. Should have, but didn't. <laughs> should have, but didn't. And kind of do a full... They never did a medical... They never did a medical no, scan. No. They no. refused them. They refused them. They actually say a couple... I think they did try and... Like, is it, you see Harry telling them... Do not submit, do yeah, not do submit not. to an exam. And I believe at some point Bone says they, they said no. They okay. Yeah. Objection. <laughs> because on the episode with the salt monster, they delay the entire ship yeah. going on to their mission to force these people to take a medical examination. Yes. Um, yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. I mean, and that could also be, you could say it was a different situation that, that I would not. the entire mission of the Enterprise was to fly over there and give those people a medical also, exam. Also, they sort of seem to work for the Yeah, Federation. but if you are taking on prisoners, I think well, prisoners. Harry at least is a prisoner. Mm-hmm. I would say them as well. Wouldn't you scan them for medical Disease or things? Space Space herpes? Would you not scan them for space herpes? I would scan them for the flu. I mean, you don't know what people are bringing on board. You don't know where they've been? No, you have no idea. Everyone should be getting a medical scan. It's very inconsistent. It was stupid. And the fact that they are waiting to have that conversation of, are are they really beautiful? Just, it killed me. And Spock is in the background sort of shaking his head and finding this all hilarious, apparently. It was not funny. And then there, there's kind of, the ladies are beautiful and... And they're freaking... No, because th- he hasn't given them the drugs yet at this point. No. So we go back to they Mud tearing against the, the quarters apart trying to find the pretty drugs. Because he can't remember where he hid them. At which point this becomes, I think, like a pimp and heroin metaphor. Anyone else went there? Kind of, especially <sighs> because Eve says she doesn't want it and he like sort of pressures her into it. I feel, yes, I feel like yeah. this was a terrible prostitution metaphor. Yeah. Kind of keep, I don't keeping even them know. on the smack, and we go immediately them from compliant. from them taking the drugs and poofing back into perfect impossible beauty to Spock holding a lithium crystal, like the burned out lithium crystal. Yes, and like meditations on the beauty of lithium crystals is what I wrote. <laughs> they weren't that nice. I've yeah. seen better rocks. Also, by this point, Mud has like stolen a communicator and radioed yeah. ahead to well, Rigel to make this deal with the miners. He got the communicator yeah. because when Green was in medical and Blue or Pink was uh, lying all over Kirk's bed, <laughs> Blue went to communications and seduced a communicator out of somebody. Yeah. <laughs> And so Mud has essentially done a deal, because mm-hmm. everyone loves a deal, that he, I don't even, I can't even say this out loud. We don't get the full details of the deal until we actually reach the miner. The miners get the ladies, and Aww. then the Enterprise gets the lithium crystals. Yeah. They are trading women for shiny rocks. Yeah, there's a, a lot of, like, Ugh. like, plum lines here, like, because they, they reach Rigel and the miners beam up. And then they reveal that, no, we've already done a deal with Harry Mudd. And they say, actually, we might prefer swap to being paid with money. And uh, also, we'd like to have a look at them first, of course. Because you don't buy a car without checking under the hood. you got to check those horses' teeth. And, and Kirk's like, no. But they do. And at one point, the miner says, we have no choice. The miner says that? Yes, in that I have to take these women. 
and this is force ridiculous yes. because they need women that badly. Like they've been like there is a lot of dialogue that like these guys have been on this planet by themselves for like two years or something at this point. This is ridiculous. Surely there is a consensual space brothel that is flying <laughs> around that could service you or. Surely by the 23rd century, they oh would have God. worked out in the public, con- public consciousness that blue balls was not actually a medical condition. <laughs> okay, well, this is what college boys all over the world would claim. This, again, takes me back to Salt Monster. And, like, mm-hmm. these three good dudes have apparently been living in isolation by themselves, like, just the three of them on this planet for two years with no swapping out. Do they own this planet? Are they contractors? What the hell is the setup? The impression they, I got. That there's no relief for them at any point. <laughs> the impression relief got, in which way, Kim? Oh my relief god. Relief in which way? The impression I got from these guys was that they were private contractors. I think that they that owned they were, the planet yeah. because Kurt was negotiating with them for their yeah. merchandise. And he just a, didn't like, yoink. They were prospectors, basically. Well, so they owned that claim. Why couldn't they, you know, have a family with them? This is an excellent question. Increase the size of the town. Like, you could get have more. Have a town. You could of, get more lithium with more miners. Like, that's, I did not understand this I, I think, this it, again, setup. if we're going with a metaphor, this is like a gold mine. Sourdough. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. It's like a gold mining, silver mine, whatever. Is that all the men are out there and the prospectors and there are no women because apparently women don't want gold. I want gold. I love gold. Anyways, historically, we did not pan for gold a lot. And so they Except had... we inherit the mines from our husbands. And then we have to go out because they were tragically murdered and then solve the murder of their husband and then kill the murderer with a pickaxe in self-defense. I'd read that book. Wouldn't you? Anyways... Mm-hmm. And then set up a brothel with that cash, a consensual, healthy brothel where everyone has penicillin. Well, that's the end. Let's go write that novel. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, they have no choice. Which at this point is actually pretty true of the Enterprise because they have three days before they run out of power and drop out of orbit. Yeah, the Enterprise, pun intended, is boned. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. So the ladies and Mud go down to the planet. And here I wrote, oh look, another hell planet. It's a party. It's a sexy, sexy, sexy party. party. On the hell planet. It was with someone who apparently had like a record player. It was kind of gross and sad. It was very gross and sad. Where essentially the men are choosing which wife they are going to choose. At which point the I don't. I did not catch his name. Minor number one. Minor number one. Minor number one uh, goes over to Eve, and in the possibly worst sexy chat up line of all time, this planet is hell. Basically, yes. All there is. Everything sucks. It blows all the time. Blows in more ways than one. Am I right? Yeah. 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 Get lost if you step because there is a wind. (laughs) Yeah. It is a terrible planet. Yeah, and while he's trying to romance Eve, because Kurt's like, fine, you got what you wanted. This is horrible, but you got what you wanted. Can I please have my crystals now? And Mm -hmm. he says, when I have the time, Kirk. Because I'm going to be too busy having sex with my new wife. Yeah, it was gross. You are a terrible businessman. Well, and then this is the part where um, Pinky is all like, oh, I'm not feeling well. And then minor number one is really upset because he got a defective lady. (laughs) Yeah, basically. And then he throws a temper tantrum like any 12-year-old boy. 
And Eve uh, finally now decides she to She has feelings and emotions and thoughts of her own, yes. Kareem. How dare she? Yes. And now she gets very upset. Now, finally. She about, gets hysterical. About she being, gets hysterical woman. Yeah. and About being treated like a thing. And I think, what did she say? Why don't you just have a raffle and the loser gets me? Yeah. Which was amazing. <laughs> it was. And then she runs out into the storm. And then it is Eve out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At which point, minor number one and and Kirk go after her because he and the other guy have, like, a shouty, like, fist match because dancing and Swedish Mm -hmm. people. It was stupid. It was so awful. But they go out into, like, the asbestos snowstorm. And my big question is here. Like, if you do not like this planet, why do you not leave? Yeah. At this point, you think they would have made enough money from selling their lithium that they, they could, could leave just, and yeah. hire new people or, to do this for them, and they could pay them at a lower yeah. wage. Or, since we know that uh, automated lithium mining operations exist, buy some robots. Well, here's the thing. Mud says that these guys are richer than kings. They are flush with cash. At that He's point, here. exactly, why not just leave and go out and like find a woman in the regular way? Yeah. Like... This, yeah, this, the entire episode, nothing about any of the setups for no. any of the situations no. made any logical sense. Because again, minor number one, later after this rescue scene, tells her, I could have any woman. I could have a queen because he's got so much cash. Except that sounds like, you know. So why don't you? Why don't you get on a ship and fly to the nearest inhabited planet and throw your cash around until some eligible hot lady who really wants a sugar daddy throws herself at you. Or someone who really likes frontiering. Or, different idea, stack <laughs> all of your cash into a high tower to another planet and then just climb your tower of cash. <laughs> Anyhow, it doesn't make any sense. So she runs off into the asbestos snow. He chases after and then they go, go back to the ship to see if they can scan for Where her, which they can still can't. don't have the lithium crystals. Yeah. Still do not have lithium. Why not just like and shake it out of them? Yeah. Excellent okay, monsters. again, I was like, why not just, like, Alderaan this fucking planet? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, there was only... Maybe floating around in space, was, right? There's only three miners on this you planet. You could take them. If Kirk beams down six security guards, okay. you can arrest them and search the place. Because it's not that big. When Childress first suggests this deal to Kirk on the ship, and Kirk's like, oh, fuck no, that's a horrifying idea. Childress is like, well, you better, because you beam a search party down there and they'll never find a single crystal because apparently they've hidden all of the lithium crystals. Why don't you just go down to the mine and get yeah. some? I'm like, I'm sorry, but like, I hit it sparks of like, it's gonna be in the broom closet behind the vacuum. That's like, like you know, you're in the vacuum, like yeah. in a vacuum bag? Yeah, like you're not that good at hiding things. Like, just, honestly. You've hidden like, every lithium crystal on the entire planet. Everything about every piece of setup for this entire episode no, is someone just, stupid. Someone just decided they wanted to do like, like some twisted. Gene Roddenberry wanted to do the spaceship to the stars. Yeah, and were so committed to doing that that they didn't care about anything else. Why not just mine for it? Yeah, just put those guys in like space prison, go down to the mine, and then mine out some. I'm 100 percent sure that would fall under exigent circumstances. No, like my ship's gonna crash. Kill those guys, and then the story never gets told. This is oh god, it's just it's. It's lazy, lazy writing. The writers just said, well, we'll just do this. Doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense. It's lazy. Anyways, uh, minor number one finds her, takes into the shack, and then he sleeps on a bench, which, frankly, I've slept in some pretty sketchy places. You can't can't sleep on that bench. 
if he's richer than a king, why doesn't he buy a mattress? Strong point, Kim. Yeah. Why does their place suck so much? Yeah. If his pots are that covered in dirt, why doesn't he just buy new ones? Because he's a gold miner and there's nowhere to buy this. Anyways, this is a beautiful, beautiful metaphor. And then at a certain point, he wakes up off of his bench, which in no way, shape, or form he could have slept on. I would know. Um, (laughs) And she is in his shirt. At the stove. At the stove. Cooking. Cooking. Him breakfast. Yeah. Um... Two things that happened in here that I need to talk about that we didn't talk about. First off, back on the ship, Kirk takes the blame in a really pissy way for not getting the <laughs> yeah. crystals. Because Scotty's like, where's the crystals? And Kirk's like, I didn't get them, okay? <laughs> yeah. It's my fault. Well, he almost immediately apologizes. <laughs> but you don't see Kirk loses cool like that very no. often. No, you do not. <laughs> to be fair, this is a terrible no good day for James T. Kirk. <laughs> but I love that bit. Mm-hmm. And then the second is when they're up on the ship and they're scanning, the way they realize that she has been found is because they find a heat signature in one of the houses and someone's like, oh, it must be the stove. Cook stove. Yeah. They say the word cook stove. Yeah. How are there How are there still people camping in the future? Yeah. Surely as a species we would have got over that <laughs> base impulse. They do it in at least two of the movies too. Shut your face. Anyways, so <laughs> she's cooking breakfast, and they have a little like back and forth repartee. Well, yes, because now he doesn't want a wife. He oh, doesn't yeah. want her oh, doing yeah. all the lady wife things. She's like, well, yeah, because she was she's cooking, and she's yeah. like, I ate your food, so I did some chores, and he's like, oh, I do all the cooking around here. I don't need a lady to leave. Yeah. And then he, but he clearly does. Or at least some kind of adult supervision, yeah. because he reaches into the frying pan, which is on the cook stove, which is cooking, yeah. and burns his fingers. Yeah, fire is hot. Yeah, and then this was also my favorite part of this, probably the whole episode, where she's like, "Well, it's mostly your cooking because these dishes are gross," <laughs> and then he's like, "Well, you try washing them," and she's just like, "There's a sandstorm." She's like, "Hang them out to blast in the sand." Dumbass! It was yeah, amazing. It was so good. She is the best Tatooine housewife. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, it one hundred percent becomes a Western romance. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've seen this movie. I'm pretty sure. Uh-huh. At least seen and enjoyed it. And there are round playing cards in the future. Mm-hmm. Yep, which are exactly the same as regular playing cards, but round. Okay, but round. Aside, is yes. Double Jack a real game? I have no idea. Because he walks in and asks if she's playing solitaire, and she says, no, it's double jack. And he's like, you want to put the red thing on the black thing? And she says, not in double jack. And the implication is clearly, God, you are such an uncultured swine. Also, this isn't the only time we see round playing cards. No. Um, DS9, when they're they're playing... Um, Dabo, isn't it? No, no, not Dabo. It's the one where they're playing, is usually after hours with Jadzia and the waiters. And they've got the spinny thing, and they're throwing... Um, That's Dabo. No. Dabo is what you play at the tables. The big ones with this is something different. Oh, oh, oh! You know um, what I mean? The Frangie one. Yeah, exactly. Oh crap! And they're always you know confront. Yeah, 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 yeah. They have round cards for that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, any luck on finding his double jack again? I do not think it is real. No. Okay. Moving well, on. Anyways. <laughs> um. Anyways. He goes outside to hang up the frying pans. <laughs> Every single pot that he owns is hung up on the, like, the clothesline. Apparently line. they don't have non-stick coating anymore in the future. Or dishwashers. Yeah. And he comes back and she is fugly. Yeah. This is, yeah. By fugly we mean completely ordinary She's looking. cute as a button. Her she hair is adorable. Her hair is down and she's not wearing makeup. It's literally, that's that what is it all. is. Her face yes. has been wiped of makeup. That is, that is it. Yes. And... He's like, what happened? She's like, I slumped. Because I, 
I got tired of you and I slept. Yes. <laughs> Which was a great The book. implication is that she can turn off, like, the magic, the, yeah, magic, the magic whammy whenever she wants. She's like, ugh, too much effort for this dick bag. And then he flips his shit. He really does. He says the words, you're homely. <laughs> I should tell you the story of, um, I had a friend when I was in junior high, and I went over to her house for the first time, and I heard her and her mom talking. Um, as I was kind of busy doing something and her mom's like, oh, and they were kind of talking. I was like, yes, your friend's, your friend's quite homely. <gasps> no! <laughs> Somebody called you homely? I know! a 13 year old girl? Oh my god. That is terrible. It was, and I was like, oh, I actually don't know what that means. <laughs> so you went and looked it up, didn't you? I went you? and looked it up, of course <laughs> I did. Because that's what librarians do. But it's such a funny, like, old fashioned word to say. Like, when he's like, you're homely. Yeah. Um, which is very strange. Well, also, it's interesting, and I wonder about it in the context of this episode, because the word homely originally does not mean ugly, it just means not particularly beautiful. Homely, like, homely cooking, homely clothes. Yeah, yeah, you're not a hottie. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you're comfortable, you're normal. Yeah. But But in this case, it is not used that way. No. And the implication is that he deserves so much better. They were tricked by makeup. They were tricked by makeup. He actually says, I've got enough enough in crystals to buy queens already, and then I can't remember. I I thought it said Haida, but I couldn't understand what he was saying. I I assume it was like a sexy space alien girl that he could have. I could buy any woman, is his implication. Yeah. He deserves. And she laughs because... The other two ladies are already married through subspace radio marriage. Yep. And that it's a fraud. And then I think Kirk beams down with mud to have yeah, a chat with walking. everyone. And they talk about... As he's, like, shaking her violently yes, by he the is, arm. He How dare you not be unearthly beautiful? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And... She has, I would think, a really strong monologue. She mm-hmm. does. She I has really a like great this monologue. This was this was this was fantastic. It was quite good. Where you know they talk about the Venus drugs and how they took them, and she's like, "Do you want a wife, a companion who can?" On this part, I did not like who could cook and sew and cry and knead. Although apparently that is what she wanted. Like that's what she thought she was in uh. for. Which is funny, since apparently she did not like doing that stuff for her brothers. Oh, well, she couldn't have sex with her brothers. <laughs> Hopefully. Not comfortably. Um, Ew. But, and then she kind of, uh, Kirk gives her the drug, and then she takes it, and she turns around, or oh, do you want someone who's selfish and vain and useless? And he says nothing. Mm-hmm. But she sits on his lap. And then it is revealed... Bum, bum, bum. The drugs were fake. It okay. Was... <laughs> <laughs> Kareem, what are you doing? You're like having a seizure. Because it doesn't make any sense. Well, no, and here's why. Because Kirk says it was just red gelatin. Apparently we still use gelatin in the future. All right. We've never come up with anything yeah. better. And he says, uh, Mud's like, yeah, they took away my drugs because apparently they're incredibly illegal. And they brought the fake drugs down because to show her that real beauty is believing in yourself. Yes, yes. but in fact, fact. Kirk says, <laughs> "No, no." Here, Kirk says, "There's only one kind of woman," <laughs> and then he says, basically explains it that her magical beauty this time, and she turns around, and her face looks perfect, and her hair is suddenly perfect. Is confidence? <laughs> Apparently, confidence is the key to instant perfect makeup. Believe in yourself, and you can have eyeliner. <laughs> She turned, 
she takes a yeah, placebo drug yes. that somehow does her hair yeah. and, her, and her eye makeup yeah. and her lipstick and puts on lipstick. Yeah. Yeah. Confidence does not do that. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And here's where the tricked by makeup metaphor falls apart and shows that the men who were involved in writing this episode do not understand what makeup is. No. no. This is very clear. It's, it's like, not a projection. Okay. Public service announcement. Men. Makeup is not what women's faces look like. <laughs> and I feel like I want to go forward in time to the Star Trek future and explain this also to James Kirk and the three pathetic minor dudes. It is crayons for the face. Crayons. It's paint. It's a physical thing. <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> it's an actual physical substance that you put on your face. Oh, gentle listeners, you can't see this right now, but Ari and Karina are actually making expressions of physical pain. Because <laughs> it's painful! It doesn't make any sense! It never made any she sense. She takes this placebo drug that she thinks makes her, like, an unbearable ha- hottie. Yeah. Fine. Like, if they had, like, had her turn around and the lighting was perfect, but her hair looked still the same and she wasn't wearing any makeup... Fine. Fine. Because yeah. Yeah, she's holding herself sense. differently and that and does affect the way you appear to course. people. Yeah. But she was wearing a ton she's of makeup. <laughs> Shellacking of makeup. <laughs> I wonder when they were filming this episode if anyone ever actually mentioned, okay, but if it's not magic space drugs, there's clearly some magic going on. Yeah. Or are we supposed to think that that's just how minor guy sees her now? Nothing in this episode is logical or makes sense or is written for a rational reason. This is no. not good no. writing. But it can't be how the minor sees her because he, because she's wearing makeup. Yeah. Except apparently men don't know what makeup looks like. Okay, but she had eye, like a ton of eyeliner and like frosted oh, lipstick and blue eyeshadow. There was a lot of stuff going yeah. on. Like, I mean, she looked cute. Both ways. Yes, she did. Both ways. But it doesn't make any sense because she's wearing makeup when she turns around. She didn't have time to reapply it. She did not have time to put on eyeliner. That stuff takes time. Or pull out like a a, a flat iron or, well, there were no flat irons, or like a hair dryer and fix her hair. It makes no sense. No. No sense. I'm going to have to put this down to the men who were involved in making this episode literally have no idea how makeup works. No, I think it was just supposed to show that, oh, when you believe in yourself, that is but makes they, but, pretty. But if they had just not reapplied the exact same makeup, but they had I would to have let it go. They could have, I would have let the hair go. They could have done the lighting again and she still would have looked super hot. But the makeup was so and her obvious. Hair. And her hair. Yeah. But it's part of the weird construct that our culture has that This is ex- what pretty women look like. Well, no, that it, your external beauty is a projection of your inner self. <laughs> So, if you're uggo, then, or homely, it's because you're a terrible person. Yeah. Yeah. And if you just tried a little bit harder and were a little bit nicer, you could be a hottie, too. Yeah. If you really listen to it. Kicked by makeup! Oh, this makes me so angry. At which point, the miner's like, I guess I'll keep her. Yeah. And I'm glad, though, at least that Kirk asks Eve if she wants to stay. Mm-hmm. Because the minor says that without even asking. He doesn't even make eye contact with her at this point. She's sitting in his lap, and she's like, oh, maybe I can control you. And uh, he's like, Eve can stay. Eve will stay. Yeah. And Kirk sort of looks at him like, uh-huh, and looks at Eve. He's like, are you sure? She's like, mm, we'll see. There is a spaceship that can take you away To a good planet that is to not To someone this... who has not shaken you because you took your makeup off. Yeah. 
There are so many problems with this episode. Why yeah. does she stay? I don't I know. I feel like they would have a terrible marriage. And that planet is no place to raise a child. Maybe she'll murder him and take over the mining operation. He was the head miner. <gasps> she could be the mining queen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, She's going to die in a tragic accident. Push down the mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why she stays. I don't know why she felt this was her only option for getting away from her brothers. I don't know why as soon as she got on the ship, she wasn't like, hey, can I have asylum because this guy's kind of holding me in this weird pseudo-slavery thing going on. But it was because they were on space heroin. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know. And so... And surely that would have been enough. Oh, would, even if... I mean, they, they obviously all had, like, low self-esteem, and there was, like, <laughs> probably... I don't even know. This was not a good episode. Mm-mm. At which point, Mud and Kirk are going to beam up, and Mud's like, how about we just forget the whole thing? Kirk's like, ha ha, you're going to jail. <laughs> and there's this great jovial music playing yeah. in the background, like, <laughs> but it's for Kirk. <laughs> yes. And then we go back to bridge. the bridge, where Spock is like, well, that was terrible. Mm-hmm. Humans are pathetic. And then I Bones, agree with Spock in this instance. Bones' response to this was, well, Vulcans have different biology than humans. <laughs> <laughs> and Spock's like, never been happier about it. And that. that was the end of the episode. Like, yeah. What? That was a mess. Yep. What? I feel like mess might actually be too mess. nice. Apparently, one of this was one of the original stories that was pitched to the network. Oh, that Jesus. network sucks. Well, it did. <laughs> That's true. Do you, would you like some more? Here's some more okay, other okay. trivia facts yep. for it. This was, again, one of the episodes considered to be the pilot episode. Jesus Christ. Thank God, God it wasn't. Happens. Would it have made a better pilot than no. uh, Salt Monster Kim? No. <laughs> 150% no. Uh, there is also a deleted scene where Mud goes up to Uhura and tries to sell her the drug. <gasps> Really? Yes. That's disgusting. Does she turn him down? I was going to say, I'm kind of curious to see. I, 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 I don't know any how, details about it. I would love to find out how that played out because I would like to see Ahura slapping the fuck out of him. Okay, but deleted scene like they filmed it and then took it out of the episode, or like it was in the script and never they never did it. I think that they did film it and then it was taken out because Ooh. it was deemed too wordy. And okay, I'm going to have to see if I can find that. I don't. I don't know if you would be. I'm assuming they destroyed all their tapes because it was the oh, '60s. That would have been interesting to see how they how that was written and what they had Ahura's reaction being. I, I like based on how they've written Ahura that we've seen in past episodes, they would have had her laugh in his face and then like. I don't think anyone can possibly improve upon. Sorry, neither. Yeah, but it would have been interesting to see her shut him down. Yes, and it would have been interesting because to have a woman who is not one of Mud's women. Mm-hmm. Involved or give commentary on the story at or any, the yeah, proceedings. At any point, yeah, it's, it's very it's, it's noticeable. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's really, really obvious. It's like a gaping hole. And it, it's weird that it's one of the original episodes, and Yeoman Rand isn't there as well. Yeah, that too. Um, yeah, I mean, for for a show that for an episode that was about women, ostensibly about women, there was no women. Like there was no other women. You didn't get any other perspective other than what the men thought about these ladies. Yeah. And I think that, and that, that of, was the only important thing. Yeah. Which was very gross. And to your point, Kim, mm-hmm. is that the velour outfits were noticeably shrunk because they did. Every time they washed them, they got smaller. Oh my god! <laughs> and they washed them daily. 
Wow. <laughs> so you were very much on point, Kim. Well done. <laughs> they were getting smaller. Oh, my God. There we go. So, performance of the episode, Kim. Uh, I'm giving it to Pinky. <laughs> that speech at the end was awesome. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I liked her a lot. I liked her speech. I liked the whole... For what she did for being ugly versus being beautiful. Like, I mean, she did a really good job. I don't know what the actress's name is, but Pinky. It is Karen Steele. Oh, Karen Steele. Yeah. I I was going to say her, too. Yeah. Sure did. She certainly had the only real, you know, the Star Trek episode message was definitely delivered by her. Mm -hmm. And she did a good job, I think. I mean, for all that the message was incredibly vague and uh, fleeting throughout most of the episode, I'm choosing to believe that was the message they intended to deliver. She knows it's just a mess. She's incredibly watchable, I thought, and really yeah. sympathetic because oh, the yeah. other two 100% thought they were robots. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. For much of the episode, I kept trying to think back like, there's something weird about them robots? Sex robots? Um, but I thought she was really interesting to watch. She was very powerful. I felt like she had a lot more depth than the other two, which were essentially just. Yeah, they were, they were there, like, they were bought into the whole premise of the plan. Mm-hmm. Also, they were not the clean-cut uh, North American blonde girl, so their stories weren't that important. Yeah, we didn't get any background on, like, what they were really doing there or mm-hmm. why or their feelings towards it anyway. So, yeah, that's why, because she was the only sort of rounded-out character. That's mm-hmm. true. That's true. But she did give a very good performance and really sold walking through that asbestos snow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any life lessons that we can take away from this? Uh, you can trick men with makeup. <laughs> I should try that. But only for a little while. But you have to make sure to marry them. Oh, yeah. Marry them, then wash your face. Because mm. <laughs> <laughs> once you've got them in a binding legal contract, they can't get away. There's no divorce <laughs> in space. <laughs> Except apparently there is because Kirk was like, it was fraud, so you can totally get out of it. <laughs> Oh my god. He is a space lawyer after all. Oh. He would know. In in amongst others. Ari lessons. Men are weak. And mm. kind of mm. dumb. Apparently, you know, a hundred and whatever couple hundred years has not really imprisoned that much. I think for me it's that Starfleet definitely needs to step up their yeah. sexual harassment education seminars. Yeah. HR again? HR. Where is HR? Yeah. Yeah. All right, ladies, we made it through. One more piece of business. Yes. Death count. Zero people died in this episode. (gasps) Makeup doesn't kill. (laughs) (laughs) It only lies. (laughs) Sweet, sweet lies. Yep. All right, well, that is us signing off. We have endured. I'm never watching this episode again. Well, you don't have to, so that's some good news. Onwards and upwards. And the next episode is? Another strong feminist tale. What are little girls made of? Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) Till next time, I'm Green saying stuff. Bye. We're really glad we don't have to watch it again for